You are Locked On Cougars. This is your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. Proud to be part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thanks for joining us on a Tuesday edition of the show. Welcome on in. We're talking a lot of BYU football, basketball, and even some former Cougars in the pros. So a jam-packed Tuesday show for you today. We'll hear from BYU head coach Kalani Satake. Had a press conference yesterday to talk about BYU facing off against the Hawaii Rainbow Warriors in the SoFi Hawaii Bowl. Get you some of his comments. We'll also interview, have an interview with a Nevada Hoops podcast to talk about the Wolfpack as the Cougars square off against Nevada tonight at the Marriott Center. And also we'll catch up with former Cougars and the pros. Like I said, a jam-packed show of the podcast, all brought to you today by our title sponsor, Deseret First Credit Union, as well as our good friends over at DoorDash. We'll tell you about both of those companies as today's show rolls on. Without further ado, with that rundown out of the way, let's get to it. This is Locked on Cougars for December 10th, 2019. What's up, guys? I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. Thanks again for downloading your daily podcast. I'll focus on the BYU Cougars, the Locked On Cougars podcast. This is a podcast that's available on all major podcatchers, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, pretty much anywhere a podcast can be found. You guys can find this show, and it is available for you guys daily. Thanks again for downloading the show. Please follow along. Hit the subscribe button so you never miss an episode, and also make sure to give us a favorable rating and review if you don't mind as well. It really does help get the word out about the podcast. If my audio quality sounds a little bit different today, I'm coming to you guys mobily today. The rest of this week, I'm actually going to be in Southern California. A little bit of a family vacation, but I'm not going to leave you guys without your daily fix of BYU sports here on Locked On Cougars. So thanks again for joining the show. Let's start off today on the football field. Kalani Satake held a press conference yesterday. BYU will face the, uh, the Hawaii Rainbow Warriors in the SoFi Hawaii Bowl. Uh, we broke that down a little bit in depth, what Hawaii brings to the table, especially offensively on yesterday's podcast. If you didn't get a chance to listen to that, you can go back and listen to it. But Kalani Sitake had a press conference yesterday. A guy who grew up for a part of his life in Laie, Hawaii, on the north shore of Oahu. Very familiar with UH, the Rainbow Warriors. Guy who played at BYU, as you guys all know. Well, he had some great comments about what he expects from Hawaii in terms of their strong offense and just the overall atmosphere of what this game, he believes, will mean to both fan bases. So without further ado, let's get you some of the comments from Kalani Satake, kind of in a bulk form. I'm not going to go clip by clip on this. We're just going to play it in its entirety. Well, not the entire interview. If you want the entire interview, go to 1280thezone.com, the Zone Sports Network where I, where I work. We have the full um, press conference. It was just over 16 minutes. That is on the website there at 1280thezone.com. going to play a clip of it here. A lot of Kalani Satake's thoughts on the Hawaii Rainbow Warriors, as well as his thoughts on the health of his quarterback situation, and also if he expects any of his players to sit out of the upcoming bowl game. So here you go, BYU head coach Kalani Satake yesterday during his weekly press conference. You suspect it was going to be Hawaii all along? Yeah, we, I mean, we, we kind of knew that there was a group of um, opponents that we could that we thought would be the ones, and Hawaii being one of them, so we... Uh, our scouting report last week and got some extra work on on them and and uh just glad that it paid off and that they uh they are opponents and so uh you know they had a tough game against against uh, boise but i think the the score is not um game was a lot closer than what the score showed uh they had 
uh, they'd moved the ball quite often, especially early in the game, and um, had a turnover on downs, uh, one at the one-yard line, another one at five-yard line, So, uh, and that with a pick close to the red zone too. So I think they feel confident with what they're doing on offense. They're scoring a lot of points. Nick Rolovich is an excellent coach, and I said before, I think they have a lot of experience on their staff, really good coaches, and uh, their players are playing uh, really motivated football right now, and um, you know, playing really good team football. And so looking at stats-wise, their offense is uh, pretty explosive. You look at the things that they've done in the top 10 passing offense in the country, and um, you know, they average close to 470, um, I think it's 300 and so, you know, about 145 yards rushing and, and uh, over 300 yards passing. So um, quarterbacks that can play, a lot of big physical line, and, and um, top four receivers have tons of catches. I mean, I think the, uh, the running back is almost at 1,000 yards, and um, top four receivers, I think it goes 90, 80, 80, and 58 in receptions. That's an that's a boatload of catches. <laughs> they can do some things with the ball, and so uh, you know it's going to be a tough matchup. But we're looking forward to it. And then on defense, they they've done some really good things defensively, tackle well, they're physical up front, and um, so looking forward to a good, a good game. And our goal is, uh, you know, our purpose of this bowl game is to go out there and for only for one thing, and that's to play well in this game and to be at our best. And uh, just thankful for the opportunities for us to have, you know, a little bit of fun and be out there longer than what we're normal we do normally. But uh, you know, we've got we've got our goals set on trying to get a win. What are your thoughts on on playing a, a bowl game on against an opponent on their home field? Yeah, I mean, I, I think they're used to it, you know. So um, not really worried about. It. I think we we just got to focus on what we can control and. And for us, uh, getting some extra time to scout them out a little bit and then see them in a game and then also being able to have some, um, you know, we were really familiar with a lot of guys on that staff, you know, looking at the, the coaching staff and you can see they've been a lot of different places and, and we know them really well. So, and uh, I think we, you know, we've had some familiar with them playing them last year and uh, they're a different team. They're more balanced and they're playing really um a really tough team, physical. So I think that'd be a cool matchup for our guys. How different is this team that you're facing this year versus the one you played hosted here last year? Oh, well, you can, you can. It's a huge difference. Then they're gaining momentum. Uh, obviously, they won their division in in in, in their conference, and so um, they're able to put a lot of points on the board. And um, that's something that we have to be ready for, you know. And I think uh, they're playing. I mean, they got to the championship game, and they went and played in in uh, in Boise, and uh, so that's a, always a tough matchup. But uh, looking at the at the way they play football, I think um, really they execute really well on a, on all three phases, and then you know they're a sound team. I think Rolovich has done an amazing job getting that team to play the way that they're playing. They have an opportunity to get ten wins, and we have an opportunity to build off of our, our season from last year and, and, and continue our, our, our bowl win streak. You know, so there's a lot to play for in this game, and I think it will be the only game on for the day. So a lot of eyes will be watching us and looking forward to, to you know, performing and, and playing against a quality opponent like Hawaii. What makes their passing offense so successful? Well, uh, I think you have to start with the quarterback, you know, and, and um, their old lines providing them more time to throw the ball. Um, they're not getting sacked quite a bit, you know, quite often. And if you're looking at uh, when pressures, um, when people bring pressure, they usually get the ball out quickly. And 
And so um, we've seen a lot of teams like this. I think uh, Utah State kind of really compares on how quickly they get the ball out. Um, but regardless, we're going to have to find ways to make the quarterback uncomfortable. And uh, that's the name of the game. And, and uh, looking at uh, the amount of catches that the receivers have, they're, they're, I mean, they can do a lot of things. Uh, they can catch the ball deep, and they can and they can create from underneath routes too. So, um, but I think you have to go to their offensive coordinator and to their their offensive staff and the personnel that they have, and, and the guy that has the vision of the offense is Rolovich, and Rolovich is a really good coach. I've known him for a long time, and uh, he's passionate about the game, and he does a great job at, at, at getting those guys to understand their role and everyone playing off of each other, and. and getting points on the board and that's what we got to stop them from doing and also the true run and shoot that he's running but he's running a mm-hmm. variation of it how unique is that to defend yeah i think he's uh it shows in, in how he's able to use his personnel you know he used a, a not just the same quarterback they've used Cadero and they've used uh you know mcdonald so they, they've had guys that can that can come in there and and buy into the system and the roll into it i mean they've lost uh, with Ursula going out, they lost a, a good number of receptions. But you look—I just named the top four recept- receivers. It's, they're not really missing the beat, you know. And and, and um, I just think they're a dangerous opponent, and, and they've put up a lot of points on a lot of good teams. And and uh, they've made—you look at some of the things that they, that that uh, the Boise game, for example, championship game in, in the Mountain West—they they really just caused their own problems. They're the only ones that. I mean, the the issues that they had were really stuff that they can control on their end. So uh, we're expecting to get their best shot, and and we need to find ways to get points off the board like Boise did to them. Coach, what's the status of your quarterback situation in terms of health with Zach trying to get 100% healthy still and and Baylor in his foot and Jaron as well? Yeah, they're all in a practice today, and and away we go. We have an opponent that that we scouted, and now we're, we'll see we'll see some of their best looks today and from our scout team and and uh, prepare for them take the extra time and the extra practice that we have recent trend in college football is that for some players are sitting out bowl games mm-hmm. thinking about their futures do you have any any of your players in that situation no, they all want to play football mm-hmm. lucky to coach these guys so yeah they're, they're all going to make the trip and all going to get on the field and those that, are, that can are able that, that are without injury but the way it looks, it looks right now, we're, we're getting guys back and they're going to compete and the best will play. There you go, BYU head coach Kalani Satake. And interesting to hear him say that he doesn't anticipate any of his players sitting out. I talked about yesterday that Matt Bushman and Kairos Tonga could be headed to the NFL. Guys like Diane Gonwoloku, Austin Lee, who have postseason showcase events they'll be participating in. Uh, Lee playing in the Shrine game while Gon Woloku will be playing in the NFLPA Bowl down there in Los Angeles in the Southern California area where I'm actually located this week. So interesting to hear him say that he doesn't believe any of his players are not going to sit out, but also the good news coming out of that is that all three quarterbacks, speaking of Jaron Hall, Zach Wilson, and Baylor Romney, are all healthy and expected to participate in practice. I think this should be an interesting competition over the next week or so, or next week, two weeks roughly, as BYU gets ready for this bowl game, who ultimately gets the start. My money is still on Zach Wilson starting this game, but having healthy options with Baylor Romney and Jaron Hall, if they are indeed healthy, that could make for an interesting situation should Zach Wilson falter in this game. Because BYU wants to take this game and have the ability to go into the offseason with some momentum, with a win, etc., keep their bowl win streak alive. 
So I understand why Kalani Satake would uh, be glad to have all all of those guys back. But I do wonder how much of a leash Zach Wilson will have in this game. We'll discuss that more as the game gets a little closer. And we talk with some of the insiders, some of my sources inside the program, get some more insight on that. But it should be interesting. So some great thoughts from Kalani Satake, expecting a high-flying offense from the Rainbow Warriors. Uh, in his words, he expected them to be very strong on offense, as we detailed yesterday on the podcast. So Thanks to Kalani Satake, as always, for his weekly press conferences. Always insightful, always giving us good information, and can't thank him enough for doing that each and every week. All right, uh, coming up here in just a moment, we're going to switch gears. We're going to talk Nevada basketball. The Cougars facing off against the Wolfpack tonight at the Marriott Center. Had a chance to catch up with a fellow Nevada podcaster to talk about the Wolfpack, what he expects as the Wolfpack invade the Marriott Center. We'll get to that here in just a moment. Before we do that, though, a reminder for you guys that Deseret First Credit Union is our title sponsor here on Locked On Cougars. They share a faith-based bond with all of their members, but they also celebrate the unique goals and passions of those individual members. They're asking everybody right now, what's your focus? What is your why? Whatever it might be, have you thought about refinancing your home loan to save some money and help fund your passion project? Refinancing doesn't have to be hard or even cost you anything, and with rates still low, now is a great time to refinance your mortgage and keep more money in your pocket. It's real simple, guys. You want more money back in your pocket? Consider refinancing your home loan. I just closed on my home loan yesterday. I can tell you guys, it is a great feeling knowing that I'm going to be saving money monthly on my mortgage payments. It is an incredible feeling to have that out of the way. With a no-cost refinancing from Deseret First Credit Union, you can get locked into a low rate for absolutely nothing and potentially save yourself up, listen to this guys, potentially save yourself up to hundreds of dollars a month. The Deseret First Credit Union Mortgage Team will work with you in whatever financial situation you find yourself in. Give them a call, 801-456-7070 or go to visit or go visit dfcu.com to apply in five minutes or less. Deseret First Credit Union, you know why, we show how. Membership and eligibility required. Terms and conditions apply. OAC, equal housing lender. Pleased to welcome in now Chase from 15th and Virginia. You're probably wondering what 15th and Virginia is, but it is a podcast that covers the Nevada Wolfpack, and Chase is one of the hosts of that podcast. Chase, how are you, sir? I'm good, Jake. How are you? Doing all right. Uh, Thanks again for joining us. Of course, BYU and Nevada squaring off, and... This is a very different Nevada team than the Nevada team I think BYU fans saw a year ago when the Cougars headed out to Reno to face off against the Wolfpack. Would you agree? Uh, yeah, pretty much. I think overall, I think we had like the fifth, the minutes returned-wise, we had like the fifth lowest. So it's essentially a brand-new roster. Um, Jazz Johnson is really the only impact player we have returning. But uh, Nizre Zuzwa is kind of picking it up this year so you know it's not too bad but yeah it's essentially a brand new team yeah obviously Steve Alford taking over as head coach there in Nevada Uh, let's start off with this you mentioned Jazz Johnson and I actually he's one of the players I enjoy watching I watch a fair amount of college basketball I I admittedly don't watch a ton of Nevada but when I've seen Jazz Johnson play I've been very impressed with him so far this season averaging over 18 points a game how has he changed his game from last year to this year Uh, I know going into uh, this year, Alford mentioned that he wanted to get Jazz more in the pick and roll, but um, I mean, still he's just he's still shooting threes and he's doing a hell of a job with it. Uh, I think he's I mean, I'd, you know, depending on how many games have been played, he's usually the nation's leader in three point shots. But um, yeah, you love him and this whole community loves him. I mean, he's five ten and he's not afraid to drive to the basket, which 
I love seeing the most. Um, but, yeah, he's definitely a fan favorite here. This team, I was just looking at their statistics. I'm just going just off the stats. Their top four scores are all listed as guards here. Last year, obviously, they, Nevada is very much a team that could play inside out. Is this more of a guard-oriented team this year? Uh, definitely. So, yeah, so we have Jalen Harris, who is a grad transfer from Louisiana Tech. And then we have Lindsey Drew, who missed last year because of an Achilles injury. And then we have Jazz and um, I'm guessing probably Nizre is the fourth. Yeah, Nizre, yeah. Yep. Um, uh, but, yeah, our front court, and I was listening to your pod the other day, and you were saying that you guys are a little shallow up front, too. But our front court right now is uh, John Carlos Reyes, who's a grad transfer from Boston College. And he's definitely not uh, not a scoring threat, I would say. Um He's mainly kind of like a stopgap while Zane Meese and K.J. Himes are developing. They're both uh, – K.J. set out last year, so he's a redshirt freshman. And then Zane Meeks is a current freshman. So our front court is definitely uh, definitely a work in progress, but they have made strides quite a bit just in the short amount of time the season's been going. So you mentioned you think that John Carlos Reyes is more of kind of a rebounder, et cetera. In terms of overall size, are we talking guys that six eight, six nine? Are we looking at legit seven footers for Nevada? No, definitely not seven footers. That'd be, or actually, you know what? KJ, I think KJ might be pushing it. I think he's like six ten. I want to say, um, but so they're probably no seven footers, sadly. But um, but yeah, so that's that's the main that's the main worry is uh, front court for me personally. Yeah, so you obviously, big Nevada supporter, you you watch the Wolfpack, you cover them with your podcast. Last year's game was very much just an interesting contest. Back and forth, uh, BYU went up against what I thought that Nevada team was one of the best teams the Cougars played all year long. And of course, it was the season opener last year. This year, what is the what are the expectations for the Wolfpack? I know last year, obviously, everybody was thinking, hey, maybe we could be a dark horse Final Four team. What are the expectations for Nevada this season? Uh, well, my expectations are if they if they were to win the Mountain West tournament and get back to the you know, the NCAA tournament, I'd be ecstatic. Um, I think it's most likely and you know like an NIT uh, berth is I think the most likely thing. Um, I think some of our fan base uh, was struggling with the lowered expectations compared to what we've been dealing with the past few seasons. Um, but I mean, it's really it's really how how the young guys develop and if we can still get scoring from you know i think jazz and jalen is a given but if nizre and Lindsay are still able to chip in with how they've been doing um i think they could make a little bit of noise in the mountain west but it's a pretty top heavy conference and then there's a lot of middle teams that are all about even like new mexico and boise state uh, so i mean expectations in ta tournament would be amazing um NIT I'd be fine with CBI I'd be a little bummed but NIT I'd be cool with I think BYU fans this year a lot of them are thinking it's kind of opposite this year last year a lot of people thought okay if we make the NIT we'll take it but this year with the senior laden squad that BYU suddenly has I think a lot of expectations are the NCAA tournament but looking at these two rosters I'm expecting a pretty high scoring three point shooting affair is that what you're expecting as well oh yeah uh, yeah I mean Jazz yeah Jazz will probably end up shooting eight, you know, eight threes, and I think everybody else is going to chip in really well. Um, front court wise Zane Meeks, uh, he kind of had a little bit of a breakout game against Santa Clara, 
he's like a he's a stretch. He can stretch the floor. He can shoot the threes. Um, he shot the three really, really well at I think it was Brewster Academy in prep school. Um, so yeah, I'm expecting. That's pretty much all I expect is threes from this team, honestly. Well, I don't think that's a bad thing. It makes for a pretty entertaining game if both teams are making them. But conversely, if they're both clanking and it's Brick City, it can make for a pretty ugly affair at the same time. Exactly. All right, so anything else, uh, so Chase, anything else that we need to know about the Wolfpack going into this game? Because like I said, in the open, this is a very different Nevada team than BYU fans remember seeing a year ago. What else do the Cougar fans need to know about this team as they come in to face the Cougars? I mean, obviously, I'm assuming everybody remembers Jazz. You know, he's 5'10", but shoots the lights out. Uh, Jalen Harris is um, was definitely the most hyped player coming into into the into the year. Um, he was a sit out. He did pretty well at Louisiana Tech, and he obviously came over while Musselman was still the coach. And the fact that we were able to hold on to him, the fact that we were pretty much able to hold on to everybody on the roster after Musselman left, uh, was pretty big. Um, but I'd expect I would keep an eye on Jalen Harris. He's probably the more exciting. He's got bounce. The kid can jump out the building. Um, and then uh, I mean they might remember Nizray. He probably Nizray ended up shooting really terrible from the field last year. Um, and the BYU game was probably the only game he really played a lot of minutes in because uh, Musselman pretty much mm-hmm. nailed him to the bench the rest of the year. But I would look out for Jalen Harris. I mean, he's definitely not a Cody Martin, Caleb Martin kind of guy. Um, but that's just because he still needs to develop a little bit more. His three-point shot is coming along. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Jalen Harris is probably the highlight player you could, uh, you could expect. Awesome. Well, check it out, guys. 15th and Virginia, a podcast dedicated to covering Nevada Wolfpack hoops. And I love your guys' bio. It says, majoring in buckets with a minor in nonsense. I love that bio, by the way. (laughs) Thank you. All right. Well, Chase, can't thank you enough for taking the time. We'll look forward to catching up with you down the road, hopefully, okay? Awesome. Thank you, Dick. There you go. Chase from 15th and Virginia. Can't thank him enough for taking the time. I recorded that in studio before I left for Southern California. So that's the difference in the audio quality. So thanks to him for joining us here on the podcast. Awesome to catch up with him. And he expects a different looking Nevada team, but still a very good team to invade the Marriott Center tonight. We'll see how it shakes out for the Cougars. It's scheduled for seven o'clock mountain time tonight. Uh, ESPN game night. ESPNU will be on the call. No BYU TV tonight. So check it out, guys. Should be a fun game. We'll have a recap for you on tomorrow's podcast of that game recapping whatever happens in that game. And I am interested to see how BYU does coming off that huge win or that blowout win, I guess, at minimum over UNLV on Saturday, absolutely blistering the Nets at the Vivint Smart Home Arena. BYU returns to the comfort of the Marriott Center. They've won 14 straight games at Vivint Smart Home Arena, so maybe they just want to move in there and play there all the time. But they play the Wolfpack at the Marriott Center tonight, and I think it's going to be a fun game. Uh, Steve Alford, the former New Mexico coach, BYU fans will have some well disdain or affinity for him, pending which side you you stand in terms of what Steve Alford means to you. He's been a proven coach. He's made a lot of money in his career. He's won a lot of big games, and obviously he's familiar with facing off against BYU, but mainly Dave Rose's uh, BYU squads. How will he fare in the first matchup he's had against Mark Pope? We shall see tonight. So 7 o'clock Mountain Time, ESPNU. 
Check it out, guys. The Nevada Wolf Pack and the BYU Cougars. Thanks again to Chase. 15th in Virginia is the podcast if you want more insight on what the Nevada Wolf Pack bring to the table. All right, coming up here in just a moment, we'll catch up on everything else going on in BYU sports news. Former Cougars and the pros, week 14 in the NFL. How did the former Cougars in the NFL fare? We'll get to that next. Before we do that, though, a reminder for you guys that if you're looking for your favorite meal, treat yourself to the meal you deserve and have your favorite restaurants come to you with DoorDash. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter the promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. Listening on the go right now, if you can't visit DoorDash right now, you can find this and all other offers from Locked On sponsors at LockedOnPodcast.com slash offers. All right, guys, as we close out today's edition of the podcast, if you see me around Southern California over the next couple of days, make sure to say hi. I will be cruising around Disneyland. So if you see a guy chasing two young kids and a wife who is Disney obsessed, well, that's probably me. So make sure to say hi. I like to say uh, go Cougs and everything to for, to BYU fans I see walking around uh Disneyland. So make sure if you see somebody that looks like me, if you see my picture on Twitter at Jacob C. Hatch, make sure to say hi. I'd love to chat with you guys. I'll be at Disneyland over the next few days. Should be some fun times spending time with the family in Southern California. Okay, that aside, let's get to some of the news when it comes to former Cougars and the pros. Sione Takitaki, of course, the rookie linebacker for the Cleveland Browns. The Browns beat the Bengals, and he finished with two tackles in a reserve role for the Browns in that game. Uh, Sione is still battling to earn significant playing time with the Browns. I think that's coming. He's very much proven to be an adept player at the NFL level. It's just a matter of now of him increasing his workload and becoming more of a regular option on defense rather than mainly special teams with the Browns. Jamal Williams carried the ball seven times for 24 yards in the Green Bay Packers, 20 to 15 went over the Washington Redskins. So a relatively quiet day for Jamal after he's had some absolutely breakout performances this year for Green Bay, but Green Bay still rolling on. They face their rival Chicago Bears this coming Sunday at 11 a.m. That's a Fox game. Daniel Sorensen, the Kansas City Chiefs notched a huge win over the weekend. They went to Foxborough and beat Kyle Van Noy and the New England Patriots. The 21 home game win streak for the Patriots snapped in that game as the Chiefs won 23-16. Sorensen played a significant role like he normally does on the back end of Kansas City's defense. He had two tackles and a quarterback hit on Tom Brady in that win. Van Noy on the other side of things had five total tackles in the Patriots' loss to the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, so big games for both players. Uh, the the Patriots now move on to a, what should be a blowout against the Cincinnati Bengals while the Soren, while Sorensen and the Kansas City Chiefs face off against the Denver Broncos this coming Sunday. Michael Davis served the second game of his two-game suspension in their 45-10 win over the Jacksonville Jaguars. Hoping to see him back on the field this week as they face off against the Minnesota Vikings due to the Los Angeles Chargers. Should be a fun game there. Minnesota very much a stout team. Los Angeles scuffling along here. We'll see if they can play spoiler a little bit in that game. Other guys to get to here, Taysom Hill, obviously the do-everything quarterback. He faced off the New Orleans Saints, and Taysom Hill faced off against the San Francisco 49ers in an absolute barn burner. 48-46 to win for San Francisco. In the loss, Taysom Hill had five carries for 13 yards. He passed the ball once. It was an incomplete pass and also caught one pass for 12 yards in the loss. On the other side of things, Fred Warner, the standout linebacker, had a pretty quiet day, all things considered. Only three tackles and a pass deflection in the win over the New Orleans Saints. The Niners are 11-2 and have the inside track in the NFC 
looking towards the playoffs. Harvey Longy, the New York Jets, beat the Miami Dolphins 22-21. to uh, Harvey finished with one tackle on special teams in this game. They'll face off against the Baltimore Ravens this Thursday in a big-time game there. And then finally, Ezekiel Ansah. Ziggy Ansah, he was inactive for the Seahawks in their loss to the Los Angeles Rams on Sunday Night Football. Unfortunate to see him deactivated, but hopefully, hopefully we'll see him back on the field this coming weekend when they face off against the Carolina Panthers. So there you go. Former Cougars and the pros and how week 14 went for them in the NFL. That'll do it for today's edition of the podcast. Thanks again for joining us. It's an absolute pleasure and an honor to bring this podcast to you guys each and every day. Please follow the show on social media. Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Check us out at Locked On Cougars. You can find my personal Twitter feed at Jacob C. Hatch. And obviously, if you ever want to reach out to the show via email, please do please do so. Our email address, lockedonbyu at gmail.com. Until tomorrow, we'll have a lot more for you, obviously, when it comes to BYU sports news. A big conversation coming up this week. Had a chance to sit down with Micah Simon, have a one-on-one conversation with him, and a fantastic look at what his time at BYU has meant to him, what Kalani Sitake has meant to him personally. We'll get to that later this week. You'll also hear from James Empey, BYU center, one of the stalwarts along BYU's offensive line. Some great thoughts on BYU struggles against San Diego State, moving on to Hawaii in the bowl game. We'll get to both of those conversations this week as Wells, obviously recapping tonight's game against Nevada. A whole lot more coming right here on Locked On Cougars. Thanks again for joining us. This has been Locked On Cougars for December 10th, 2019.